Would you pray with me? Creator God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight. And though my voice may falter and my words be imperfect, I pray that you use them anyways. Amen. First, I have to say thank you. Thank you, Ella and Catherine, for a beautiful reading of our scripture today. Thank you, Tina, Nancy, and Michelle for stepping up to lead worship. And thank you all for your grace as we deal with this unexpected change in our worship. You know, this isn't how I imagined giving this sermon, but in a strange way, this illustrates our scripture for the week unusually well. According to our tradition, the letter to the Ephesians was written by Paul while he was imprisoned away from his church community, which I relate to a little. I am not imprisoned, but I do relate to feeling separated from my community and body, but not in spirit. And that is what brings Paul to his knees in prayer. Paul is separated from his church and stops mid-letter to pray for his community. I think there must be something about separation that really puts things in perspective. It clarifies what matters most. For the Ephesians, Paul prays for their hearts and their minds. He prays that their hearts may be strengthened in love and that their minds may have the ability to comprehend that love. He prays that they know who they are and who created them. And he prays that they will truly and completely live. So whatever I was going to preach today, in the light of being away from you, it has changed. Instead, today, I want to pray for the community I am a part of. I want to pray for the community and the church that I am away from in body, but not in spirit. So this is what I pray for you, beloved people of Washington Park United Methodist Church. I pray that you know how much you are loved that you would see the love that God has offered you and that you would make it the air that you breathe, make it the foundation of how you understand the world and yourself. And thank you, God, for showing us that we are enough, that you love us just as we are. Now I pray that we believe it. <laughs> Grant us the strength of your assurance, O Lord. Rachel Held Evans tells us that the greatest struggle of the Christian life is to take God's name for us. To believe that we are beloved and to believe that is enough. There are plenty of voices that will tell you you aren't enough, but that you could be if you fixed this or changed that. Sometimes they are the voices of our culture, our tradition, sometimes even our families. Sometimes those voices are inside our own minds. They remind us of our secret shame, 
or our broken hope. And yet, in spite of all the voices, your love remains and we are whole. We are set free to set aside the expectations of the world. Thank you, God, for challenging our understanding of the universe. Thank you for teaching us that self-loathing doesn't make us holy. Thank you for showing us that our worth is self-evident in our creation. And now I pray that you let that knowledge change you. No, your faith is not a self-help movement. There are no five steps to enlightenment or six ways to find contentment. But there is a difference between singing Jesus loves me and knowing, knowing that you are beloved in every fiber of your being. It is that understanding that you were created with the utmost love and attention, and so was everybody else. It is the knowledge of a love so great that once you know it in your heart, it changes every single part of you. When we realize we are enough, we quickly realize we have enough, whatever enough means to you. Whatever it is that you seek to have enough of, whether it be more time, more money, more friends, more recognition, more space, more love, you will know what it is by how you see it. You will know what you are seeking by what takes up your space, your time, your money, and your mind. Whatever it is that we seek, when we root ourselves in the absolute love of God, we find we have what we needed, or maybe it's just that we know we have what matters most. Thank God. Thank God for the chance to know it. But just as Paul prayed for his church, I pray that you reach out and experience the breadth of it, the width and the depth of that love. And I pray that you live it. The funny thing about faith is they tell you you have to believe it and then it'll change your life. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes we need to act before we believe. Act before we see that it's true. Act like you are beloved and enough. And you will see that it's true. Thank you, God, for a chance at life. May we have the strength to take it. And finally, I pray that you know how strong you already are. And that you don't have to be strong by yourself. Accepting a love like this can rock us to our core. And I have seen each of you in your own way stand up and shake off the dust of life and continue forward. I have seen you struggle. And I have seen you survive. 
but there is a reason we are a church family. Because when we need each other, we will be there. Thank you, God, for this family. Thank you, God. I pray that these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.